Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. I was excited to be here this morning. Yeah, there's a, God is on the move this morning. And we've been seeing that. And I know you guys are going to see that. But what I love is, is that in this house, we really aspire not to just bring one more speech, one more Bible study. We, we, we really are of the business of making sure that whatever you hear opens up the door for an encounter that changes your life. See, if you walk out the same way you came in, I probably didn't do a good job of shepherding the gospel into you. The gospel is transformative. Church is meant to be transformative. And we want to live in that. And so I actually feel this morning, we're going to see a selection of miracles that are very obvious. And then some that are more subtle, more shifts, more tiny little things that just tilt you in the right direction. So you can go after what you were always designed to do. So we're going to have a lot of fun today. Um, I'm really excited about Wednesday night. Rex Crane, the Rex Wrecker. And then we're doing our, you know, our, our after party with all, all the water and inflatables. And so I will be doing water slide baptisms. So I will be at the top of the water slide saying, good luck, blessed in the spirit, and send you down on your merry way. One of the privileges I get as a pastor of this house under the tuggles. I really look forward to that. Um, we have a lot of a lot of fun. Has anyone here never heard me speak before? Who's never heard me speak before? Okay, not a lot of people. That's kind of cool. So just for you, I'm going to give a disclaimer. <laughs> so if, if you see me, you know, twitching and turning a little bit all over the place, um, it, it's an allergic reaction. Someone was playing country music in the parking lot, and this is just what happens when you play that. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I have, I have Tourette's. So I'll be all over the place. Don't worry about it. I'd be all over the place even without Tourette's because that's just how God wired me. All right, so, so, so we're going to get into this today. And it's good to know that my wife and I, oh, who loves my beautiful wife, Pastor Rosanna? She's amazing. She's so amazing, in fact, then we were getting married, there's a little bit of insecurity. So I, I had to make sure we wrote a couple prenups. <laughs> Just to make sure, like, I'm, as soon as she figures out that she's out of my league, I better have some, some clauses in there to protect myself. Now, it started with her, okay, what, what would you like? So, so the first clause in her prenup towards me was, I have final say on all clothing purchases from here forward. <laughs> Worked out pretty good, I will, I will admit. The other one is, as a former athlete, she said, you will let me coach you, you will start stretching. Stretching is now mandatory. And praise the Lord, I can reach my toes now. That's a minor miracle in itself. But I had my chance, and I knew what I was gonna do to keep her lured in forever. And it was this. You will follow me to every Marvel movie on opening weekend. There will be no question. There will be no concerns. You may have had a baby three weeks ago. We're still going. I have done that. Because if you know me, you know that I love superhero stories. I've read all the comics. I'll be the guy in the theater saying, okay, so this points to this and this points to this. And she's like, shut up. I'm just trying to watch the movie. But I'm the guy who knows all the details in between. And I, I love superhero stories. Yeah. I'm a little upset with what they've become recently. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed this. There's a bit of a pattern in superhero stories recently. They go in one of two directions. Direction number one, the heroes are soft. You start to see the wokeness coming. You start to see the, the let, let me just appease everyone. Let, things just kind of magically fall into place. And then I'm going to tell you this story of how you need to treat people. We've got soft superheroes. Right. On the other side, you've got the gritty reboots. 
Everything is gritty. Batman is now, you know, you can't even talk English anymore. You know, these gritty reboots. And they're saying, those gritty reboots are telling you there's no more heroes and villains. Everyone is broken. Some people just happen to be on the right side of this fight, but you may not be on the right side of the next fight. And what they're showing you is either there's no such thing as heroes, or there's no such thing as heroes. Because if you go back, if you go back to the, the 70s, 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, heroes were very prominent. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the last action hero. You know, we love watching that. And there was just something heroic. There was something that we were drawn to in the heroic story. And it's being taken out of our media. And there's a reason why. It's, it's not just that there are certain people who want to impress certain ideologies into us. That's part of it. But the other side of it is we understand life through story. We do. We understand life through story. There are things that I could never preach that a movie or a book or something could communicate to you and just catch you because we are wired for story. And through the stories, if they can convince you that it's not worth going on the hero's journey, you weaken a people. So that when, things, when it is time to step up in righteousness, we either go nowhere, we're super appeasing, you know, coexist, you know, just be nice, just have, we shouldn't fight, there's no reason to ever fight, just lay down, or we go to the other side, and I'm gonna do whatever it takes, I'm gonna burn every bridge, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go so gung-ho into this battle that they can look at you and say, See, you're useless. You're not fighting a good fight. You're off your rocker. And a lot of what media is doing is it's trying to plant in, in our generation and the next generation, especially with kids, it's not worth fighting the true hero's journey. And they're showing you, only showing you heroes who are not heroic. And, and that's a shame because I grew up living and loving these superhero stories. And, and here's, here's the sad truth. The reason I got into these hero stories was because I was in a place of weakness, of despair, of depression, and of hopelessness. And I thought, these stories can be my escape. I can live vicariously through the heroic acts of others because it'll never come to me. It became as if a drug to me. I latched on to the superhero genre, the hero genre, as an out for a life that I thought it could never be it, but at least I can live vicariously through it. And it actually became an escape for me. And as I got healthier, as I started to get healed, as I came into this house and discovered the truth of the gospel and of the Bible, I realized, oh, there is actually inherent good. Why is it we're drawn to the hero story? Even if I was in it for the wrong reasons, I was drawn to the right thing. What is it that God's trying to communicate to us through hero stories? Why are we so drawn to hero stories? And it's because God does everything via story. Our lives are stories. But we don't know. Sometimes we just think lives are a series of moments or repeating moments or just, ugh, you know, this, this is all there is and I'm just stuck here and, you know, we get fixated on my, you know, my, my tunnel vision on this problem I have in front of me and I have no concept of what's connective tissue to my past, to my testimonies, to my future, to my vision. If the devil can keep you from seeing your life as a story, he can keep you cycling through the same pain. So story is actually how God works. You know, you look at the Bible. I love the Old Testament because it's a series of stories. We look at the Old Testament and we're like, oh, Israel got sent to Babylon for 70 years. But God knew what he was doing. He was going to bring them back. He was going to restore them. Yeah, yeah. They didn't know that. All they know is they're being sent as slaves to Babylon. They can't see the story when they're in it. We look at it and say, oh, that makes perfect sense. 70 years. Oh, Israelites in Egypt, 400 years. It's nothing. 10 generations of slavery. And how many of them do you think saw the story God was telling? And how many of them found themselves in despair? But if, but if you saw the story, if you believed that was a story, would you get trapped there? 
See, the reality is there is a story over our lives. Psalm 139.16 says, you, Your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed. And in your book, they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Your life story was written in God's book before you were born. The world wants to tell you one day lightning struck some goo and a couple billion years later, here we are, big old accidents. And sure, we can debunk the theory of, of you know, that initial evolution life, but yet everything around us and everything in us starts to say, but is there really a story? Sure, God made life with intention. Did he make my life with intention? Is my life filled with it? But the, these days were written before. And here's the thing. It's, it's, we're, not, we're not Calvinists. We don't believe that we have no free will. That God, If God pre-wrote all of our days, that we have no choice on how they go. But the difference is God can see our days. God knows the story he wants to write for our life. He's seen our life. And what he does is he goes into the path of our life and he says, ah, their story is going off course. Let me get in front of them and put something in their way that they may respond to, and maybe it'll turn them back on course. Maybe I'm over here, and I'm, I'm drifting a certain way, and God says, oh, let's do a live edit. I'm going to insert a new character, a new conflict into your life that you may react to, and he's constantly putting up guardrails on our path because he's trying to point us to an ultimate conclusion because the days of our life were written beforehand for our benefit. And when we don't realize that our life is a story... Two things happen. Number one, we start repeating the same chapter. Our life is just the repeat of the same old issues, same old problems. Why, why should I think there's a way out? If I didn't believe that my life was story, life is just a series of unfortunate events. It's just thing after thing after thing. And you, you spiral, well, I survived this one. But I'm just waiting till the next one. And I, I don't really know how to get it. I know how to survive it but I don't know how to get out of it. Wow. You know, and I know for me, I have to process my way out of most issues like this. Like, I will get stuck in the spiral. Now, the way I process the spiral, and my wife is going to have a smug grin because she knows where this is going, <laughs> I am an external thinker. I figure things out out loud. And I say a lot of things <laughs> that I don't really mean, but it's, it's as if all my thoughts need to go out on a whiteboard and then I can start crossing things out. So I say everything and mean maybe 10% of it. So even the reality is I actually know the truth. Like I know that things will be fine, but no, no, I got to figure this out. So I'll, I'll say something and then I'll give my own counter argument and then I'll rebut that and then I'll do this. And my wife is just standing there and like, God help her if she says something. So like, no, 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 no. That's not where I'm going with this train of thought. Yeah, and I, I have to pay for that later. But, but this is how I figured things out. Like, I'm the type of person where I need to work it out. I'm, I'm very wired towards closure, completed thoughts. And so I, I throw these things out there. And God help you if you come up to me when I'm in these, these moments and you say, oh, don't worry, God's got it. You might get smacked upside the head. <laughs> I know that God's got it. That's not the issue. I need to figure out if I've got it. I need to figure out, as I'm working through this, where am I? Where am I in all of this? What am I, what am I willing to accept? And so when you don't know your story, you don't have a way out of that inner thought. You don't have a way out of that processing life. The only way I get out is when the thing my wife said first and I threw it away is ultimately true. But I had to get there. I had, I had to know that there was a way out and I had to allow myself to see truth. It's not that I didn't know truth. I, didn't, I chose not to see it. The other thing that happens, when we don't embrace the fact that our life is a story that God has written, and yes, it's a good story, we flip the genre. See, God designed that each of us have a hero's journey. But if we don't know that, we'll, we'll flip the genre. For example, some of us say, you know what? My life is a horror flick. There's jump scares at every turn. My life is full of anxiety. Wow. Everything's out to get me. Wow. Uh -huh. We live our lives 
as horror movies sometimes. I'm not, this isn't the hero's journey. It's just, uh, 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 everything, you know? Sometimes we live our lives as tragedies. Everything ends in pain. There is no positive outcome. I can fight, I can do everything I want, but I, I just know this is not gonna go well. You're a fatalist. Some of us turn our stories into um, gag-worthy rom-coms. <laughs> Life is all about the next relationship. Wouldn't it just be amazing if I experienced love? Love is the way out of this. And you go chasing relationships with friends or spouses or everything else. And you go from one bad story to the next. To, this relationship ended horribly. This relationship ought to fix it. This relationship ended horribly. That relationship ought to fix it. And you're going around cycling that relationships are somehow your way that if you just experience love you're still going to cycle some of you us me live in what I call the fantasy genre you are not grounded in reality but it's true though we make up these explanations for how life works and we live accordingly you know it's I've watched enough movies to see when, when you know, that the, the hero's going into the big battle and it ends with something just completely wacky. Like, our moms have the same name? Oh, okay. You guys know which movie I'm talking about? <laughs> but like, that's not grounded in reality. But we do the same thing. We'll live in this fantasy. You know, if I just keep trying harder, if I just keep trying harder, if I build it, they will come. If I build it, they will come. You know, I live in this world where I don't care what anyone says because as long as I believe it, it's good enough. Oh, maybe if we just tolerate people and love them and give them whatever they want, problems will go away. You're living in a fantasy. The problem with any of these genres is they don't, they don't move you forward. You get stuck, you spiral. You find yourself in this place where you're not moving forward but if you don't have the sense of what the story is supposed to be, that's where you're going to end up. We don't want to end up there. And sometimes we pretend a genre swap. I'll put on a mask. I'll pretend. I'm really in tragedy, but I'm going to pretend that all my relationships are good. I'm going to turn this into a rom-com. When in reality, I'm living in something else. We love to put on masks. <laughs> But we can smell that, can't we? You can tell when something is being inauthentic. Yeah. When I first came to this church about 12 years ago, I was a wreck. I was an absolute mess. And I thought, okay, new environment. I'm going to put on the good face. I'm going to pretend, I'm going to live in this fantasy world that I've got it put together. I'm a cool guy, all these different things. It does not take long for people to figure that out and that's come crashing down got to ask, how do you show up to church? How do you show up online? Is that really you? I'm not saying come and give all of your issues to everyone. I, you know, it's not appropriate just to let everyone in on all your pain and all your problems. But you're pretending that blessed and highly favored, God blessed me again. Everything is going great at work and my marriage is awesome. And Is that necessary? Are you, what are you trying to convince me? What story are you telling? The story you're telling me is, I'm afraid to conquer my giants. I'm just going to try to shortcut my way to acceptance. See, we can smell when something is fake. That's why I love this church. We talk about awakening being fresh, real, and powerful. Yeah, I needed that. I needed to come into a house that was fresh, real, and powerful and to tell me it's okay that I'm broken. That's how I got healed. I was like, oh, you mean it's okay to admit where I am? And when you admit it, all of a sudden something clicks and you say, wait, I just identified myself. And you're telling me I don't have to stay here? Well, you're going to stay somewhere that you refuse to accept you are. If you're here and you're pretending that you're here, you can't go from here to here. You got to come all the way back here and start from where you really are, not where you're pretending to be. So people who put on those masks can't grow because their baseline isn't their baseline. They're pretending. I'm pretending I'm here, but that's not where you are. You can't plant a plant in air. 
You got to start on the ground. You get what I'm saying? So get this. So every, every good story arc, every good heroic story has three acts. Act one is the calling. This is, this is when you find out that something's supposed to change. Something could happen to you. So you. Sometimes it's just, I know I'm not supposed to be here anymore. For me, my calling was, I'm so lost in depression and isolation and fear. I don't think I'm supposed to be here anymore. That was it. I didn't get bit by a radioactive spider. <laughs> I didn't get gamma radiation. I just woke up one day and said, I don't think life's supposed to be like this. And that was my calling forward. Sometimes all you have to know is you're not meant for where you are. And then after the calling, there's the conflict. Okay, now an opportunity has presented itself. Either it comes at me or I come at it. Challenge knocks on my door or I go out for the opportunity. Okay, okay, the calling is I am called to go do something in the marketplace. The conflict arises. I see an opportunity. I'm gonna go for it. And what usually happens the first time you go for it? Flat on your face. <laughs> Would you watch a movie where five minutes in, the hero gets called, 10 minutes later, they beat the bad guy and credits roll? Is that a compelling story? Why isn't it compelling? Because it's outside of reality. Every good story, the initial conflict, the hero is not sufficient. Their strength, their power set is not sufficient. They have immaturity, weakness, insecurity, fear, whatever it is. But they get this newfound calling, which typically draws some new strength. And that strength is insufficient. And then you get to the third act. The third act. The third act is the resolution. Something shifts. And all of a sudden, I go back at it again. And I find victory. And I celebrate. And then there's a sequel. <laughs> Every heroic story has a sequel. I don't care if you conquered the last mountain. This life is all about conquering. It's all about upwards. We've all been hiking and you think you're to the top of the hill and you walk over that crest and you go, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> because the best stories always have sequels. You're, you're meant to go from victory to victory, glory to glory. You're, you're supposed to be always conquering. But you know what's interesting? So many of us live in act two. We live in act two. You, you, you have this calling. You find this strength. You go after the thing. And there's failure. And you start to say, was I called? Am I strong? And hopelessness starts to set in. And we start to make camp in the second act. We do this all the time. Life is crushing in. God, I, just, I don't know if that relationship can be restored. I don't know if I can break poverty. I don't know if I can fix this way I view myself. I, I hit the wall. I hit the initial conflict. And so often we think, I just need more strength. You know, I might believe the calling, I just need more strength. Find me one movie that is compelling where more strength solved the problem. Do you know what most superheroes learn in their movie? Strength had nothing to do with it. All strength gave you was ability. You know, Spider-Man, it says, with great power comes great responsibility. Another way to say that is, you just received a new ability to respond. Therefore, you hold responsibility. All strength gives you is an invitation for more conflict. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But the reality is, no hero wins the final battle in a compelling story because they got stronger. In fact, what they always, always learn is strength alone doesn't cut it. Some of you have been muscling your way out of conflict. You've been in act two, hopeless, 
beaten down. You tried. You thought you were on the right path. You thought you were going after the right things. And you just can't escape. And the world would tell you, you should be stronger. Or you should stop fighting. That's not the story. Two things happen in every good heroic arc. Number one, people come alongside. There is encouraged, there's always someone in the story who says, hey, you can do this. And what is it that they do? What is it that every hero does? It is not their skills that cause them to overcome. It is their courage and willingness to face pain head on. Why do we stay in the second act? Because we're hurt. And I don't want to get hurt again. Sometimes we're just fighting the wrong fight. God, I, I have this calling. I have this power. Uh, uh, here's the fight I'm going to fight. And you just refuse to let go because it hurts. There's pride. God, I, I don't want to admit I picked the wrong fight. I just want resolution on this. And I'm not going to let go. I need you to bring me resolution on this. Well, are you even fighting the right fight? You think it's a feat of strength. No, it's a feat of courage. The way you get from act two to act three, are you willing to face the pain again? And that's what a lot of this is. That, that's what's so potent about the hero's journey. So I want to break this down for us. How do we get from act two to act three? How do we stop spiraling? How do we get unstuck? How do we look at the things of life and say, God, I've done everything I possibly could and it's not working? Well, what's your story? Do you believe that God has written a way out for you? Or does he say, good luck. You're so far off course, I couldn't possibly bring you back. I couldn't possibly have good plans for you. If you believed that, we would all know that Act 3 exists for us. But we, we get defeated. We get defeated. Okay. So how do we think about this differently? Act 1. Your life is a story. Sometimes the first thing that we have to realize, your life is a story. It's not just a series of events. It's not a tragedy. It's not a horror. It's not fantasy. Your life is actually a story that God wrote with intention. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. It's a beautiful verse. It was spoken to a nation about to get sent on time out for 70 years. <laughs> so God was looking at Israel saying, what are you guys doing? Okay, I'm gonna give you a warning. I'm gonna give you a warning. I'm gonna give you a warning. That's it. You're on time out. You're off to Babylon for 70 years. But just remember, I've given you a future and a hope. I think good thoughts towards you. God sent them into conflict and said, don't forget my story for you is still good. God sent them into conflict. It wasn't like, God, the Babylonians have come. Please save us. And he was like, uh-oh. And he's like, I'm sending you over there. But no, your story is good. Romans 8, 28 through 30. And we know that all things work together for good. For those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he called. Whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he glorified. So your story is meant to be one of glory. We sing glory, glory to God. But God is glorified when you're glorified. The purpose of God's story over your life that he wrote, he predestined for you, is that you would walk around on the earth the glory of the Father. The story he has for your life is that we would be significant. If you want to see your life turned around, your family turned around, your city turned around, your nation turned around, what story are you living? What changes? What makes us different from the world? We all want a move of God, but we're not always ready to be the move of God. What if you were the hero? What if you were the one that God wants to write a story through to change the very nature 
of humanity in this time and season. We can't take a city if we don't have heroes. Okay? Keep that in mind. God has picked you. Look, the world wants you to think that life is chaos. It's that simple. That you, don't, you couldn't possibly live in a story. That's not true. The whole gospel is saying that you matter. You matter. There are people in here today that you've been questioning if you even matter. It's almost like you want to scream and just say, ah, I don't buy it. But I'm telling you, you matter. There is a story that God has written for your life. And the first thing we have to do is remember that we're in it. You are on the hero's journey. Not just me, not just Sandy. You, you are the one that God picked. This is your story. You are on the heroic journey. When you recognize that your life is a story, it's time to get to act two. The fight forms you. So often we say, God, take me out of the fight. And he says, the fight is for you. John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. <laughs> Not my favorite verse. I have overcome the world. Jesus says, hurry up and soak it in. I'm leaving you here in a troublesome world. And Romans 5, 3 through 5. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured on in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given this to us. God uses the pain. He uses the fight to mold us. Why is it that hope only exists through tribulation? What need of hope do you have? If you already achieved, what are you hoping for? But the tribulation, it shapes us. It shapes us. See, too many of us would rather abdicate. You're sitting in your story and you think you're on the heroic journey. And then it gets hard. It gets stuck. It gets painful. It gets depressing. I don't want to do this anymore. That's it. I'm done fighting. The fight was not meant to take you out. It was meant to draw out from you who you are. When Israel took the promised land, the Bible says that God left 31 kings that they would continue to know how to go to war. God uses fights. He doesn't look at the fights and say, I had no, nothing to do with this. He says, I'm keeping the fight here that you may be formed, that hope may be alive. The fight is for you. 1 Peter 5, 8 through 10. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. We all want to be perfected, established, strengthened, and settled by God. And you will, after you've suffered a while. The fight isn't a sign that you're off God's path. It's a sign that you're on. With great power comes a greater ability to respond, comes a greater responsibility. With strength comes bigger callings, bigger battles. But it's for you that you would be settled. You would be strengthened. We fear the fight. But the fight is for your blessing. We'd love to just walk into any battle and the, the arrows come at us and they just ching, ching, they just ping off of us. You just walk through life unaffected. But then you're unformed. See, it's not about our strength that we break through. It's about our willingness to see the pain, to brace ourselves and say, I'm willing to go again. I'll go again. I'll go again. This pain does not scare me. What can this pain take from me? In fact, it's there to give to me. It is the grace of God that I'm in this. And it's so hard to see because we can't see a way out. We get, we get in our bubbles. We get in this place where God, if you're even out there, you can't have a story for me. 
couldn't be a good story. How could this fight be anything that I need? But I'm telling you, the third act, the third act, you're called to rise the hero. In every good story, there is always the encourager. Every hero needs their pep talk. They need the person in their corner saying, you can do this. You can face this. You can face this. You can face this. Isaiah 41, 6, everyone helped his neighbor and said to his brother, be of good courage. To end courage is to place courage in. Do you encourage each other? Not platitudes. I don't want to hear, we'll just keep going. I'm sure God's got this. Have more faith, brother. But courage, one of the greatest gifts you can give someone is you have the strength to fight this. One of the best gifts you can give someone and to receive that and to realize, oh, I'm in my echo chamber. Why is the church so important? This is a place of encouragement. In the Bible, Paul talks about the spirit of encouragement being prophecy. They know what's up to encourage each other, to place courage, to say there is a hero inside of you. You may not believe it, but I'm telling you, there is a hero inside of you that is waiting to rise up, that God has put everything in your path, not to harm you, not to shame you, but to reveal the true you. God is looking to reveal the true you through every conflict. Romans 8, 35 through 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness? Okay, that's weird. Or peril or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Him who loved us. See, see we're, we're more than conquerors. It's, it's interesting that it says we're killed all day long. How are you conquering when you're being killed all day long? When you're being slaughtered as sheep. Do you really feel like a conqueror? No. But it feels like everything's just coming to kill you. Everything in your life is just beating down on you. Do you feel like more than a conqueror? Typically not. But you are. You are more than a conqueror. That it does not even matter what the enemy has brought into your life. If it's pain, if it's brokenness, if it's sickness, if it's bitterness. If it's hopelessness. Whatever it is, you're more than a conqueror. And you're a conqueror before you conquer. It's always been in you. Your story, your story, your story. You're on the heroic journey. You're on the hero's journey and you have always been the hero. We're just discovering it today. Someone may have never told you that you have what it takes. It's not your strength. It's not a this, it's not that. It's not any superpower set you have. It's the story God wrote for you. You are the hero and you can face this head on. Isaiah 40, 27 through 31, one of my favorite verses. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? God, you don't believe, you're not for me. You're not hearing my cries. You're not gonna help me. That's what, that's the cry of this verse. God, you're not really here to help me. Yet it says, have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Isn't that interesting? The youth shall be weary, the young men shall fall. The strengths that this world tells us we should have are not enough. I don't care how much mental fortitude, physical strength, emotional dexterity. It's not enough. All will fall. But God gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. See, we love the verse that says, in my weakness, he is strong. But that's where we start. Because in my weakness, he is strong. He gives me his strength that I become strong. Your destiny is not that you remain weak and God is always 
there. You are not merely the damsel of your story. He'll give strength. He'll give strength. He'll rise up in you. God is looking to tell you, I love your weakness. Let me make it strong. And the next verse, this is how. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We're looking at the battle. God, do you even hear me? Do you even care? And he says, little do you know, from the beginning, I have been for you. And you've been working in your own strength if you've even been fighting at all. And it's not enough. But no, I give strength to the weak. And it says, he gives, those who wait on the Lord, what does it say they will do? Does it say their, their challenges will be uprooted from their life? No, it says walk, run, fly. When you wait upon the Lord, you get the strength to overcome. The, the prayer is not God take this away from me, but it's God, your story for me is grand. Place in me the strength to walk, to run, to fly. This battle is here. I'm tired of facing it alone. Let's wait upon the Lord. What does wait mean? It means to make rope, to take one strand and another strand to twist them together in tension and create strength like never before. What is God saying? Wait upon me. Take your life. Intertwine it with mine and find the strength in you to walk, to run, to fly, to conquer every battle. You were never meant to conquer it on your own, but God always meant to make you the hero. The hero, you are called to rise a hero. You're called to rise the hero. And it happens when we wait upon the Lord, when there is our life and we intertwine it with his. We receive that tension, that strength that locks us into place. We find a new gear. It's not about more talent. It's not about more discipline. It's about the strength to walk into battle, to run at the pain, to fly into the winds of adversity because God has placed them there for you. Your adversity is there for you. Stop thinking it's there to stop you. You are forged in the second act. Don't get stuck in the second act. You were called to rise and you can do it. Wait on God, interlock yourself with God and find that you have the strength to face it head on. We stop fighting the wrong fights. We no longer just sit back. We don't change our genre anymore. It's like, God, I, I need you to break through in this relationship. I really just need you to fix this relationship. So I'm gonna fight for this relationship. And God says, the fight we're gonna fight is your rejection. God, I, I, I really just need you to break through in, in the workplace. I need, I need this job. I'm overdue promotion. I, I need this. Like, I just, I give me the strength to fight, to be a better worker, to, to stand up for what I know I'm owed. And God says, interlock with me. The real fight is security. Do you believe in who you are? Are you confident in who you are? Does the position have to dictate it? What fight are you fighting? See, when you get intertwined with God, you actually find out the right fight. And it's always the fight for character. What does it say? Tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. Character produces hope. Character produces hope. What is it you're afraid to face? I assure you, it's not the external fight. Some of us have been fighting the external battle for so long and we're so tired and so beaten down and so hopeless. What's the real fight? What's the character fight? What is God doing in you? He doesn't want you to reach the conclusion. He wants you to be the hero. The point isn't to get to the end of the story. How fast can I get to the end? It's, did you become the hero you were meant to be? Your story 
is the hero's journey. You are heroes. God has written this story. The fight is for you. Rise up today. Rise up, rise up, rise up. And the way that we rise up, to wait upon the Lord, to bind ourselves with him and say, all right, Father, lead me in the courage to face the pain the right pain, the pain that forges character, that hope may abound. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's do this. Everyone stand. We're going to pray. God, I thank you for each and every person in here, especially those who are just discovering that they are on the hero's journey. God, so many of us are caught in the second act. We're caught in the second act. There's no third act for me. I'm no hero. There's no way out of this. God, I can't see a way through this. If that's you, if you know that you are caught in the second act and you're ready to wake up the hero and reach your third act, will you come forward? You just come to the front here, Tim, come to the altar. If you're stuck in the second act, come to the altar that we may open it up and pray. Come, you realize today something woke up in you. I'm willing to believe, God. I'm on the hero's journey. This adversary is not here to take me out. This adversity is here to show me the hero that you wrote before I was born, that you predestined. Now come forward. If, if you are ready to rise up the hero out of your second act, yeah, repeat after me, Father God. I receive the hero's journey. I receive the waiting, the binding I have with you. I no longer fear the pain. I no longer accept hopelessness. I choose today to rise up, to rise up, to rise up, to face the fight, to face the pain I know I should have but I've been afraid to. Link with me today. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. God, I thank you for each and every one of these people that as they come forward, that the hero in them rises up. That as you guys are going into this moment, think about what you've been carrying in the second act. You've been carrying so much weight in the second act. I want you to see God before you. And I want you to hand him the weight. You've been carrying all this weight, all the reasons life feels stuck. And I want you to see yourself. Give it to him. God, I, I've been carrying the wrong weight. I've been afraid. I've been prideful. I've, I've been stuck. I give it to you. And as you give it to him, I want you just to receive the intertwining. The intertwining. I want you to see him just hold you. Just embrace you just embrace you. Intertwine yourself with God. Let him call you the hero. I want you right now, everyone in the room, let God call you the hero. See him before you in your mind. Let him call you the hero. You are the hero. I have made you to live a heroic journey. That There is victory for you. Come on. I want you to soak that in. Let that sit for a minute. There are, there are some people up here who depression has been overwhelming. You've found yourself, literally, like I said, it's almost as if you want to scream at me. It's almost as if you want to scream and just be done with it. It's not too late for you. You're still the hero. If that is you, if you feel something on the inside that just feels like I'm at the end, I'm at the end, will you raise your hand? Be brave. And if your hands are raised, I want you to come front and center. I'm gonna pray with you real briefly. Come on, if, if your hand is raised, come please, come right before me right here. If you are at your wit's end and this feels so distant and you almost just wanna scream to get out, there might be some of you in here who are hearing this and it just sounds so far, so distant. How could there be hope for me? Is there really a story over my life? I couldn't possibly be good. 
the only way to know that the story over your life is real is to go to the author. Apart from God, this is just words, it's just ideas. And sometimes when we don't walk with God, it seems far, but you're hearing this and you want the hope of escaping your second act. If you are in this room and you are far from God, you don't know him or you don't know him anymore, but you wanna get to your third act. The only way to get there is to interweave your life with God. And there's a choice today. Sometimes the most painful thing we have to do is to lay down how we've been doing something, is to actually admit that I don't wanna hold the pain anymore. Sometimes the most painful thing is to let go of pain. And to choose to follow God is to choose to say, I don't wanna carry my pain anymore. One of the bravest things you can do is say, God, you take this burden and I will stitch myself to you. If you're in here today and you are far from God, you are not stitched to him. He is not God of your life. Do something courageous today. Let's renew your story. Discover your story. Discover what's been written about you before you were even born. So if that's you, if you're in this place and you are far from God and you do not know him and you choose to be, will you just raise your hand? If you want to say, God, today, I, I'm ready to come to you. I'm ready to come back to you. Raise your hand if you're in this place. Say, God, I'm, I'm ready to stitch myself to you. I'm ready. Get ready. Get ready. The story of your life doesn't begin now. You've just become aware of it. And so, God, we bless each and every one of these beautiful people. May their story be filled with fresh anointing, fresh grace, fresh hope, that we would celebrate and live in the testimonies of what is going to come because you are the hero that God has written you to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.